0: I wanted to start this morning with a couple of quotes that I felt were particularly appropriate for Mother's Day. Uh, The first quote is this from a man named John Fiberg. He says, the hand that rocks the cradle usually is attached to someone who isn't getting enough sleep. I thought that was perfect. I like this second one because I think it speaks very well into our culture. It says, I'd like to be the ideal mother, but I'm too busy raising my kids, which I thought was extremely appropriate this morning. All right, today is Mother's Day, as you're well aware, and if you're not aware that today is Mother's Day, you've probably got a quick trip to the store planned for your afternoon. Uh, But before we get into our text this morning, we have several texts from the book of Proverbs. Before we get there, um, there's something that I stole from a preacher friend of mine that I would like to read to you, and I don't know who wrote this. This comes to me anonymously, but I like what it says about motherhood, and I like what it says to us about expanding our definition of what it means to be a mother Here it is it says to those who gave birth this year to their first child we celebrate with you to those who lost a child this year we mourn with you to those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains we appreciate you to those who experienced loss through miscarriage or a failed adoption or running away we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms or mentor moms or spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envisioned lavishing love on your grandchildren, and yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve And we rejoice with you. To those who placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. To those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you, and today we honor you. I just liked that. I thought that was better than anything I could have written for you this morning. Uh, But today is Mother's Day, and what we typically do on Mother's Day for the Mother's Day sermon is we congratulate all our mothers. We tell you how wonderful you are. We love you so much. We never could have gotten this far without you. And then what we'll do in a few weeks is we'll have a Father's Day sermon where we shake our fingers at Dad and say, Now, Dad, do a better job of parenting right? That's the way it tends to work. But I'm going to do something just a little bit different this morning. Um, Instead of just sticking with one text and and saying thank you to moms, which we're definitely saying thank you to moms this morning, uh, we're going to look at several different passages from the book of Proverbs, several different places where we have wisdom um, from the author of Proverbs, especially telling us to remember our mothers, Over and over again, the author of Proverbs wants us to know that it is woe to anyone who might be tempted to forget our mothers as we go through this life. So we've got these in three groupings. Uh, If you're taking notes, you can write these down. The first one is this. That is, you are to remember your mother's teaching. Remember mom's teaching. Notice, towards the very beginning of the book, chapter 1, verse 8, he says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction." And do not forsake your mother's teaching. Chapter 6, starting in verse 20. He says, My son, keep your father's command, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. Okay, and I picked out two passages. There's about four more in Proverbs that say almost this exact same thing, and that is remember your mother's teaching. Okay, I don't know about you, but I can remember a lot of things my mother taught me. I remember being a little boy and her teaching me how to tie my shoes. I remember when she taught me how to comb my hair, when she taught me how to hang up my clothes. I got a little older. I remember her teaching me how to scramble eggs. How to make a sandwich. Little did I know, with all those things, she was making life easier for her. But she was a good teacher. Whenever I was a little kid, didn't want to go to kindergarten. She didn't make me go. She taught me at home. She taught me to read and to write, to do my basic math. Okay. She also taught me how to iron a shirt, how to vacuum a floor, how to work a dishwasher. And for all those last things she taught me, she said, and I quote, so that you don't grow up to be helpless like your father. Okay? In fact, I'm going to brag to you this morning and say I am so good at vacuuming floors that about a year ago when Rachel pulled the vacuum out of the closet, Sam looked at her and said, that's daddy's. Okay. Just saying. But then I remember getting a little bit older, and I didn't appreciate my mother's teaching as much. And like most teenagers, I questioned whether my mom really knew anything about anything. I mean, after all, she's very old-fashioned. What does she really know about the world today, right? Then, of course, it's truly amazing how much smarter my mom got once I became an adult. It turns out mom did know what she was talking about. And now, regularly, I talk to her and I'm so thankful for the wisdom that she has. Okay, in the book of Proverbs, it says very specifically remember your mother's teachings because those teachings will guide you. Okay, and remember, when we look at the book of Proverbs, the primary reason this book is written is because it wants to make us people of wisdom, people of discernment. We are not people who just blindly follow a set of rules, we are people who have to know when to act in what kind of way. And at the very beginning of the book, he starts off by telling us, follow your mother's teachings. All right, here's the thing. My kids right now, uh, at the ages of eight and three, they know not to hit each other. Okay, they don't always follow that knowledge, right? But they at least have it in their heads. They know better when they do hit each other. They know you're not supposed to hit other people. Now, do they know that because the Bible says we're supposed to be people of peace? Do they know not to hit each other because, after all, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, turn the other cheek? Is that why they know not to hit each other? Or do they know not to hit each other because that's what mom and dad said? Okay? It's because that's what mom and dad said. All right, Your first training in righteousness always comes from your parents. You learn your first lessons of right and wrong from mom and dad. You start off life as a follower of your parents. Now later, we are supposed to transition and become followers of Jesus Christ. What will determine how easy it is to transition from following mom and dad to following Jesus is how well the teaching from mom and dad coincides with the teaching of Jesus. Does that make sense? We're always following somebody. Okay, so all of us need to be thankful for our moms or for whoever helped fill that role for the teaching we received. And if you're a mom this morning, just know that the things that you are teaching now will form the foundation for your child's spiritual walk. You are either setting them up today to follow after Jesus or to do something different. Fair enough? So remember your mother's teaching. All right, number two. Not only are we called to remember mom's teaching, we are also called to remember her discipline. And notice 29.15. It says, a rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces its mother. Okay, this story is probably inappropriate to tell, uh, but that's never stopped me before. Um, But now that I have your attention, right? Okay, so this past quarter, I've been teaching the little kids on Wednesday nights, Okay, the men have their class, the women have their class, and um, me with Miss Elizabeth and my wife, we're doing the little kids. All right? After the very first Wednesday of doing all the little kids, Rachel asked me, Well, how did it go? And I said, None of those kids know how to behave themselves. It's great. She says, Why is that great? I said, I thought it was just our kids who didn't know how to sit still and follow directions. And listen, I feel so much better knowing that it's all of your kids that are acting the same way my kids are acting. In fact, I will uh, be honest and say anytime a kid acts out in church and causes a disruption, anytime we hear a kid anywhere in the auditorium causing some kind of disturbance in the middle of church, I always give Rachel a little bit of a high five uh, because that time at least it wasn't my kid, right? All, right, all of you who have ever done any parenting know that one of the most difficult tasks of your life is disciplining your children, okay, because it doesn't work the same way with every kid. You have to tailor the discipline to the kid to a certain degree, okay? One of the things that we can do to punish Luke in my house is we can send him out into the backyard, okay? The worst thing to do to that kid is to isolate him from the rest of the family, Okay, you tell him, okay, Luke, go into the backyard until you can act better. He acts better real fast because he does not want to be out there by himself. Okay? We do the same thing to Sam. Say, Sam, all right, you have to go in the backyard. He's like, all right, see ya. Okay, Call me when it's about dark 30. I'll come back inside. Right? He is more than happy to go off and play and do all this stuff by himself. Okay? With Sam, I can discipline him with a strong word. Right, Son, you do not act that way, and he'll just wilt. Okay. With Luke that doesn't work. All right, using a strong word with Luke is about like whenever I give advice to the football players on TV, right? They don't listen either. And Oklahoma would win more games if they would just listen to the advice I am giving them. Okay. Discipline is hard. Okay, in fact, my parents, uh the same people who would spank me for stuff that my sisters did, now have gone so soft that they won't tell my kids no about anything. Okay, Mom, why is Sam eating a cookie? It is right before dinner. He's going to ruin his dinner. Oh, well, David, he just needs one cookie. I mean, it's just one cookie. I'm like, really? One cookie. All right, so if you are a parent doing your best to teach your kids discipline, I sympathize with you and I congratulate you today. That single task is one of your most important ministries. Okay, Hear me say this very clearly. Disciplining your children, teaching your children right and wrong, correcting them when they do wrong, instructing them in what is right, disciplining your children is one of your most Important ministries. It is one of the most important ministries you could ever do with your life. And we need to learn how to see disciplining our children as a ministry because the Bible repeatedly tells us just how important it is to discipline our children. I want you to think for just a few minutes about where you would be today if your mama and whoever else was involved in raising you hadn't bothered with the ministry of disciplining you. I think about the things that I almost did growing up that I didn't do because I knew how mad my mom would get if I did it. I think about the things that I still hear in the back of my mind, the voice of my mother telling me to shut that door or turn off that light or whatever else it is that I need to do. Why? Because my mother loved me enough to discipline me. I think about how much pain I have been spared as an adult because my parents let me feel some pain as a child. The discipline that you received has shaped you, it has molded you into who you are today. We should be thankful for the parents that disciplined us, and we should take very seriously the ministry of disciplining our own children. Fair enough? All right. Remember your mother's discipline. Number three, remember your mother's legacy. Notice chapter 10, verse 1. He says, The Proverbs of Solomon a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. 23, starting in verse 22. He says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. And notice 20 and 20. He says, if someone curses their father or mother, their lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. And then thirty seventeen. He says, the eye that mocks a father, that scorns an aged mother... Will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, will be eaten by the vultures. Okay, I wanted to leave you with that last pleasant line. All right. Okay, but what's his point? Why is he using such graphic imagery as disfigurement and and, and being eaten by birds? Why would he do that? When I was a little kid, My identity uh, was always that I was one of the Chisholm kids, okay? There were three of us that ran around everywhere, and everybody just knew, oh, you're one of the Chisholm kids, right? Then I got into school, and I have a sister who is one year older than I am, so what was I known everywhere I ever went in school? I was Rebecca's little brother. Okay, I see all the second siblings in the audience nodding at me, right? How many of you have an older sibling who stole all of your identity? You are forever known as so-and-so's little brother, so-and-so's little sister, right? Okay, finally, I had to move out of the state of Oklahoma before anyone knew me just as David. Okay? And then it was just a few years later that we had Luke, and now suddenly ever after that I've been known as, oh, you're Luke's dad, right? Why is it so? Okay, because we reflect on each other. The way you act reflects on your family. The way your family acts reflects on you. Right, and here's the, the theology piece to this. Okay, God created us in his own image, which means we reflect the nature of God. Scripture teaches us that God exists in a triune nature, right? There's three parts of God. There's a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit that have always existed together. God has always existed in community. He created us to exist in community, right? When God creates the world after every day of creation, he says, it is good. What is the first thing that God says it is not good? It is not good when the man is alone. So what does he do? He creates somebody else so that again we can have community so God can again look at creation and say it is good. Okay? All that this means is the way I act reflects on the other people I am in community with. Okay? Also how we act reflects on God. Okay? So the application of this is that you represent Jesus wherever you go. Okay, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then everything that you do, every action you take reflects on Jesus. Also, you represent GCC wherever you go. Okay? You also represent your parents wherever you go. You always reflect on the people with whom you are in community. You know, a few months back uh, Rachel and I were going into a school meeting to try and argue for some things for Luke that Luke needed in, in the schoolroom, room. Okay, and so I went in ready to go, right? Because I can be mean when I need to be mean. I know I don't look mean, but I can be mean when I need to be mean. Okay, especially if I'm fighting for something for my kid, I can get real mean, right? Okay, so I'm in there, and I'm ready to be mean. And the first question they ask me is, what do you do for a living? <sighs> I'm the preacher at GCC. Now I got to be nice, right? Why? Why? Okay? Because the way I act reflects on you. Okay? The flip of that is true also. The way you act reflects on me. All right? So if you really want to honor your mother today, the absolute best way that you can do that is to live a righteous life. You want to show your mom that you love her? Follow the stuff that she told you to do. Live a righteous life. Be the kind of person that you know you're supposed to be. Do you want to leave a lasting legacy behind you? Then teach your children how to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We should think about our legacy, and that means remembering our mothers. All right, so your homework assignment uh, is if you have your mother still in your life, tell her today that you love her. Uh, and tell her today that you were thankful for all that she did for you, for the discipline, for the legacy that she left you, and then try to live that out in your own life. All right? And if you don't have your mother with you, just know that God is the perfect parent. God gave his own son for us so that we could be children of our Father in heaven. And no matter what else happens in your life, no matter what your earthly family does, you will always have a family in Christ Jesus. All right? At this point in our service, we're going to sing a few verses of an invitation song. During the singing of this song, this is a time for us as the church to be here for you. I will be down front. One of our shepherds will be down front. We would love to talk with you or pray with you about anything that's going on in your life. Uh, You don't know what it means to become a Christian. We would love to sit down with you and study in God's word what it looks like to truly follow the family of God, to follow Jesus Christ, your Lord. But before we sing that song, I'd like to close us with a word of blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. Let's stand and sing.